I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily and my name is Matthew Diemer. Today on the show, El Salvador, what's the real story? Brave users have a new way to cash in and FTX to launch derivatives. That is today on the Decrypt Daily. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. Happy September. It's already September the 1st, 2021. It's Wednesday. I can't believe it. It's almost winter. I mean, literally, it's almost winter. Everybody's like, oh, we have fall over here in Cleveland. No, fall in Cleveland is literally two weeks. It's summer, two weeks, then winter. That's it. And I'm not looking forward to it. But what I am looking forward to are those crypto prices. Here comes the money. And I'm recording this at 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Bitcoin, $47,360, down 0.3% in 24 and 2.2 in 7. Ethereum, $3,535, up 3.8% and 10.9% in 7. Cardano's in the number 3 spot at $2.83, up 2%. Binance Coin, up 1.3% at $4.78. And Tether's in the number 5 spot. Running off the top 10, we have XRP, Dogecoin, Solana, Polkadot, and USDC. By the way, if everybody wants to know what Solana is doing, it is down 8.7% in 24 at $114, which is still up 61% in 7 days. So I think we're doing just fine. Total market cap, we're at $2.13 trillion. A BTC dominance of 42% and an F dominance of 19.5. And now it's time for Coin of the Day. And our coin today is number 776, Nucleus Vision, or ticker NCash. It is up 0.2% in 24 at 0.0028 cents. Its market cap is $20.4 million, and its fully diluted market cap is $28 million. Total 24-hour volume is $2.2 million, and circulating supply is $7.2 billion. Total supply is 10, I think that's billion. Yes, 10 billion. It's a lot of zeros there. You have to really count those. I should have done that beforehand. It is down 95% from its all-time high, which was set on April 30th, 2018, three years ago, at 5.1 cents. However, uh, looking at the bright side, uh, it's up 1,500% from its all-time low, which was set on April 16th, 2020. Now, what do they do? That is the question. Here, I'm going to tell you where you can buy them first. You can buy NCash on Binance, and they have about a $2.1 million volume. Uh, most of the volume's there. You buy a Huobi, which they only have $1,800 volume. Wazir X, which is the Indian exchange. By the way, they were on the show a couple months ago. You can check that out. Uh, they have around $32,000 in volume. But that's about it. That's about where you can buy them. So what do they do? That is the question. I'm not really too sure, to be honest with you. Now, just based off of what it says on CoinMarketCap, 
Launched in 2014, Nucleus Vision, also known as NCASH, aims to bridge the divide between the online and offline retail world. The project is an IoT-based contactless identification system that enables retailers to identify and better serve their customers by using customers' records to make precise decisions on product preferences without the use of Wi-Fi or Bluetooth. No clue. So I went over to their website. And it says, NV2.0's private communication network opens up the opportunity for all participants. All assets are financed by micro-lending. Miners earn rewards by joining... I have no clue. It just starts talking about miners and rewards. And then it says, empowered by people to build and monetize networks for next-generation data, products, and service. So this might be some B2B thing where you need to be in the industry to understand what it's actually supposed to be doing, but it's not popping out to me as the layman person that might go to Binance and buy some of their tokens. I don't know why they need tokens. I don't know actually what their business model is, and it's not really summed up to me. So that is Nucleus Vision or NCash, and please send me an email, Matthew Aaron at Decrypt.co, if you own some and you know exactly what they do, because I would like a more concise, better explanation about this project. Moving into our main conversation today, I'm going to start with actually one of the headlines because it relates to our conversation. In our conversation today, we're talking to Novia Serrano, who is BlockBank's head of business development in El Salvador. And we're going to be talking about the situation in El Salvador because as everybody knows, El Salvador is going to be making Bitcoin at legal tender on the 7th of September, one week from today. And well, the IMF or the International Monetary Fund has repeated its warnings about that. They said this in quote, privately issued crypto assets like Bitcoin come with substantial risk. Making them equivalent to a national currency is an inadvisable shortcut. Kind of kind of sound a little mafioso to me. What do you think? They're just like going over there and saying, hey, I'm just saying it's risky. It would be a shame if something happened to you. That's all I'm saying. I, that's how it sounds like to me. Just saying if something happened to you, it would be a shame. Well, I want to talk to Novia to see what exactly is going on on the ground there. Is it just media hype? Is there really huge protests in the streets? What is really going on? Novio Serrano, head of business development for Black Bank in El Salvador. Oh, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you so much, Matthew. Thank you for having me. Yeah, 100%. Look, we just published a article yesterday about protests in El Salvador. People are not happy about this Bitcoin being legal tender in El Salvador. Is this true or is this all media hype? You know, um, it's the the reality is um, it's very polit political because it's mostly the opposition. Um, Nayib Bukele, the president, has like around uh, above 80 percent of approval in the country. The average Salvadorian loves them. You walk the streets literally and people will talk amazing things about this. And I, I don't want to make this political, but the truth is I have seen very clearly how the opposition, anything he tries to do, they will try to oppose because that's you know that's how the country works and the opposition is leading these movements and the sad part is that many of the things that they're saying are not even true for example i could listen to i was reading yesterday the executive director for the um, association of private enterprises and she was saying that because there will be no fees on every transaction that will be made on bitcoin that the all the Salvadorians would be covering this, which is a complete lie. So it's very sad how the opposition is, or some of the opposition is leading these, um, trying to block the adoption of uh, Bitcoin in the country and bringing an agenda, which is like not 
truth. But there are stats coming out and reports coming out that say, for example, 61% of Salvadorans do not want to be forced to accept Bitcoin for, uh, as payments in their businesses or services. And so is that true? Yeah, I mean, um, in a way it is because the law was written in a way that um, it's it says that it's an obligation for every Salvadorian to accept Bitcoin. Um, however, in a press conference, the president explained it's an obligation to accept, but not to receive it. So if you want, you can receive uh, during the transaction um, you receive the dollars, not the Bitcoin. So you don't have to be uh, burdening the, the risk of the volatility, uh, volatility of the asset. And uh, I have spoken with plenty of business people. My family comes from businesses in El Salvador and almost like all their friends. And that's the part that concerns them. It's um, how will they, they reduce the risk? Um, so it's, I believe it's a lot of education and finding the right solution and building the right infrastructure. So people won't be uh, like today, they have a certain amount and tomorrow Bitcoin price drops and, and they have less <laughs> than what they were expecting. That, that's that's fair enough. I mean, a lot of businesses, especially, you know, anybody who takes Bitcoin or cryptocurrency as a form of payment or as a form of contribution, they're looking at Bitcoin being you know, sent to them at one price and then dropping to another price. And it's like, well, that's not what we really got here. And so for a business that is very hard to mitigate and manage. So yeah. I, I totally I totally understand that. But um, I also want to ask you a question about, well, I guess you're uh, I guess, outlook on this as well. I mean, yeah, you're saying that this is uh, all political. You know, the, if, if you know, the president says one thing, the opposition says another, but you also work for SplockBank.ai, which is yeah. obviously has an investment in cryptocurrencies or, or you, know, it, you know, coming to fruition in, in El Salvador. So uh, you're a little biased yourself. Are you biased in this opinion or are you actually saying, and this is kind of saying, all right, pinky swear yeah. with me that you're telling the truth, but I mean, you guys are biased. No, I mean, not really, because I... This is what I think, uh, I, because I know many people who have businesses and like part of my friends and family, and they are concerned about their basic Bitcoin law. And it's mostly about how it's going to be implemented. It's not that they are against Bitcoin. Actually, some of them already hold Bitcoin or have invested in Bitcoin. I have been surprised to see how many business owners, but they, what they say is, I have invested in Bitcoin, but if I invest or I use it, I want to know how much I'm risking. It's a different story if I do it for my business, you know. Um, so that's what I think. And also part of uh, working with BlockBank, I have been, um, part of my job here has been talking to business owners, talking to legal firms, talking to also government officials. And and that's what I, we have found. If you see the protests, 10 people, or, you know, they just put banners and you don't see, there, there were like a picture they were sharing and it was like, Three, five, ten people there just holding the sign. So you can you can clearly see it's not that the people it's against the assets. It's just they're scared that the government won't be able to execute execute a good plan. So yesterday, this article that I'm referring to from the Crypt Daily, by the way, everybody, the link is in the show notes if you want to read it. Had this line in it, and part of my horrible Spanish, actually not existent Spanish, but it said no al lavado de dinero. Corrupto, which means no to laundering corrupt money. Um, yes. Do you think that the Bitcoin is being implemented for money laundering in El Salvador? Okay, this is what they think. They think that this is a way that uh, the country and the government will do lavado de dinero. Because I've had oh so many people asking me this, that the president wants to implement this because he needs a way 
to lavar dinero, that's what we call it in Spanish. But th there's no other worse asset I can think of to lavar dinero because it's traceable. So like, I've been trying to explain this, like if you want to lavar dinero, cash it's 100% and 100 times easier for them. Like why would they use Bitcoin? I completely traceable asset to do this. So it's just mostly education. We need education on how, what is Bitcoin? How does the, the technology work? And I think this will slowly solve many of the questions that the population have, because right now there's not many answers. Uh, they released the guidelines for banks at the from the central bank, um, but still like for the average Salvadorian, it's still like, we need more. So we need to have the application running. And I believe Bitcoin, it's not something you understand, but something you understand rather than something you experience. I think I'm very close friends with the guys from Bitcoin Beach and I love what they're doing. Like if you go to, to El Sonte and you see how much that community is growing and all the benefits, like they start giving incentives in Bitcoin to, to students and they found that they were the education, their grades were racing because they wanted to earn these incentives. So it's just like little things that you can do to improve a community using Bitcoin or also now they're saving because they before they had the cash, so they would spend it. But now they're like, they think they're in, you know, it's like, wow, finally we can participate in, in this investment. They cannot invest in stocks. They cannot invest in other things, but they can invest in Bitcoin. So, and they can do it from, from their phone. So to these, to them, this is life-changing. And that's the reality. I'm really sorry for butchering your language so bad. I, pay, I apologize about that. Uh, but <laughs> but it, it, the other thing is you said something important there is uh, experience, right? Um, you have to experience uh, using Bitcoin. And uh, one of uh, the, well, I think one of the major parts of the GDP of El Salvador is remittance payments. And remittance for people who live outside the country, sending remittance back in. Uh, and this is usually done in US dollars. You know, I don't understand. And, and it's, let me actually, let me take that back. I want to know what the value of Bitcoin is if the U.S. dollar is still the king. Like, why Bitcoin? Why is there this push and this movement if the remittance payments are coming back in U.S. dollars? People actually want to save in U.S. dollars. And U.S. dollars is honestly still the king of, of, of currencies. Because the fees are too high. The, the amount that these institutions charge to the people sending remittances are very high. And you can think remittances... Uh, in the U.S., for example, but there's also um, inside El Salvador, like let's say a person is working in one department and they want to send money home. And it's insane how much they have to pay in fees just to send that money. So I think this law was and what I've heard from the government is it's mostly to help that people who's unbanked, people who don't have bank accounts suffer the most. Like to me that I can say, you know, I have, I live good. I, I could think like it's the numbers I see are very high. And knowing that the, someone who's making the minimum salary is paying that much money to me, it's like, I don't even pay that much in the bank fees, even if I don't use it that much, you know, I think that would help a lot in the internal transactions. Also what, what they're looking for is international investment. And we have seen that when the, after the Bitcoin law was launched, the searches for for El Salvador real estate skyrocketed. And um, there's many talking to law firms. There's many companies that are interested in coming here, and they have already been established. 
they haven't moved much because they were waiting for the release of these guidelines. But you can definitely see people just being expectant on what's happening to see if it makes sense for them to bring some operations here or just establish legally here and just see what opportunities they can find. Last question I have is another narrative around taking Bitcoin as a legal tender is that there might be a little bit of fear on the U.S., its economy and inflation that the United States in the wake of COVID and what we're doing with printing money and these new laws and these new bills and, you know, some of the things that we're, you know, doing when it comes to uh, the people who are on unemployment here or, you know, just uh, giving people stimulus checks. It's printing a lot of U.S. dollars. Is this shift to uh, incorporate Bitcoin as legal tender in El Salvador kind of like a hedge against the United States's economy? Well, um, I couldn't say that, but what I did hear from one of the president's talks, talk that he had was a speech, was that he was explaining how much dollars are being printed and we are suffering the, I mean, we have the dollars, so we don't print here, but the money's floating in the US, so prices are come, going extremely high here for basic goods, for um, food, for um, any like anything that you can think of, price have gone up, and but salaries have maintained, and that's when he announced that the minimum salary was going to have an increment. But it is it is true, and that, that's how I see it. Bitcoin, no one controls it. We are holding a currency that's native from another country that's gonna um, try to like oversee for their interests. We don't have a national currency, so having Bitcoin for me, it's uh, along with the dollar, because of course, it's like, you cannot think that it will only will work Bitcoin. It's an extremely volatile, but uh, I, I think it's a very good solution for this country. And I think also that there are so many other um, benefits that can come from that. Novia Serrano, Head of Business Development in El Salvador for BlackBank.ai. Thank you very much for coming on the show, talking about El Salvador. And hey, look, let's let's do this. Let's reconnect after the seventh. And you tell me how everything's going after everything settles down. Everybody starts, you know, you know, figuring things out. Come back on and talk to us. Yes, I think that would be very interesting uh, perspective because that's what people's waiting for. Like people who are scared of Bitcoin, it's mostly because of the government uh, rather than because of the assets. So I think we'll see the, the application, how it works. And if it's so many questions or if it raises more and people say, oh, this shouldn't have been done. So we'll see. Moving into other headlines. Tedis star Naomi Osaki is considering investing into crypto, she told Bloomberg. And her interest was piqued by Dogecoin. She said this in quote, I was actually just talking to my agent about cryptocurrencies. I know that online everything is getting bigger. I remember reading about Dogecoin. There's going to be something new and interesting that's going to pop it up. Well, back in April, Osaka released a series of NFT collectibles that were designed by her sister, Mario Osaka. The sales generated $600,000 to benefit Osaka's Play Academy Foundation. And one of the NFTs that was won in a raffle for like five bucks was listed on a secondary marketplace for 200000 And last week, Autograph.io launched a series of Naomi Osaka's NFT collectibles with a price between $12 and $1,500 a piece, and they completely sold out. So now, is Naomi Saka going to start buying some Dogecoin? We'll see. 
If you guys know Brave Browser, you know you can earn bat tokens for watching some ads. They believe that if you watch advertisements, you should get paid to watch that bullshit, <laughs> which I totally agree with. But you know you can cash them out for cash money. And well, now you can do it on Gemini. You can either link your Gemini account or create a new one from the Brave Rewards page, and now your bat balance will show up in your Gemini account just as you purchased it from the exchange, meaning that it can also be traded there. So if you are earning bat because you're just going to sit down in front of your computer and watch all kinds of ads, you can now go to Gemini and trade it there. It can be traded other places too, but now also on Gemini. And finally, FTX.us is going to get into the derivatives game because they just announced that they will acquire Ledger X, a crypto derivatives trading platform regulated by the CFTC. The terms of the deal are expected to be completed by October 2021, so a couple months from now. And after that, you can see crypto derivatives launched on FTX.us. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Deemer. Don't forget to go to Apple Podcasts, like, subscribe, share, and leave us a comment. Until tomorrow. Happy hodling, everyone.